Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's going <laughs> to pop eight, then you're going to pop around, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, like Mex- Mexican America. food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. Oh, why'd you do it I'm- twice? Yeah, man. Well, you know, when you mess it up that bad the first time, you have to re-record it. <laughs> uh, with me on the line is Adrian. What's up, man? How you doing? What's happening? Man, not much. Just uh, getting over the 4th, you know, a long weekend and all that. How was, uh, did you do anything special? I'm trying to remember. I didn't get arrested. That was good. Well, that's a start. Yeah. A start. Well, the thing is, when the 4th is on a Monday, you got a long weekend. <laughs> you don't want to get arrested yeah, on it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What the hell did I do? Uh, I don't know what, Sunday was the third, right? So that didn't count. Oh, so I must have just sat around the house all day and, oh yeah, just did a lot of reading. That's not bad. Did yeah. you uh, play any Legacy? Sunday I did. Uh, well, I don't even go? know if I could say I played Legacy, but I attended and registered, <laughs> whatever the fuck that was for. Where did I go? I went down to that sea. Oh, nice. I haven't been up there in a, in a minute. How, uh, how was the scene up there? Um, light. There was like 14 people. Okay. Me and Kyle went up there. Oh, right. nice. Kyle came over, we jammed some games out first, and then we went down there. I had, like, some other shit I had to do, too, but... Managed to go register and wonder well, what the fuck I'm doing with my life. <laughs> it was that good. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go over what you played? Because uh, I, I got equally burned by one of the decks you got beat by. So okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> I went O three. It was uh, then I got the buy, so it was ended up being one three. But it was really I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, the first guy I played against, he was cool. He was playing Death and Taxes, which is normally not um, a match at all and uh, I couldn't get anything together and uh, yeah it, that's kind of how it went he had they really, really uh, I don't know I cabal therapied uh, Thalia out of his hand mm-hmm. and then I just had to deal with Phyrexian Revoker but it, it didn't matter because I couldn't really get anything on the board anyway and so I lost to Death and Taxes which was really Interesting, because I don't normally lose to death and taxes. But you were on a uh, burning fans, right? Yeah. Yep. And then round two, I lost the die roll and lost to oops all spells. <laughs> that was uh, that was yeah, that was something. It's basically like watching someone jerk off of the deck, right? Because that's not going to be a, a magic it, online. Well, it happens quick. I mean, like, yeah. oops, all spells happens quick. Yeah. So then game two, I cited in a couple of cards. And, you know, um, game two, I cited in a couple of cards that, and this is, I don't even, this is a, this is a, What's it? What's the word I want to put out? I, I guess like a, a prejudice that I would hold is that usually if somebody's playing oops all spells, they're probably not familiar with the format. 
And mm-hmm. I, could, you know, I could be wrong, but most people familiar with the format wouldn't play Oops All Spells. <laughs> yeah, they might, they, like, even if they know the format somewhat and they wanted to play something like that, they might just go for Belcher. Sure. But, um, so I sided in a couple of cards and I was trying to mull to a turn one anyway, um, with some sort of something. And, uh, I ended up holding, you know, I, I had a land in a chain of vapor and, the, the oops all spells half of it it half functions like dredge as far as mm-hmm. like the deck flips and archimedes come into play this bridge from below is this cabal therapy so they have the ability to kind of rip a hand before they go for a combo and you know if the if if the kid playing oops all spells is not familiar with legacy he's probably looking for force of willer days mm-hmm. if he is familiar with like he may not have realized what was in my hand. Like, he may not know what Chain of Vapor does. You know, like, I was holding yeah. Chain of Vapor because if he, when he reanimates Angel of Glory's Eyes and tries to draw a card with the Laboratory Maniac on the field, I can put the Laboratory Maniac in his hand. And in, right. In which case, he loses the game. And, um, so, I didn't play to my out so long as my out was him not knowing what Chain of Vapor does. Right. Like, and so that was, but there was, it was Whatever. It's just, uh, I'm playing a deck that loses to Oops All Spells. <laughs> that pretty much felt as good as that could. Um, and then round three I lost to Dredge. And, uh, you know, the kid playing Dredge was really cool. Um, I've seen him on a few of the different Facebook groups now anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, then I got the buy and, I started trying to figure out what other cards I wanted to pick up as far as, like, um, I still don't feel like I have uh, everything I need to even put Tin Fins together. Um, so there's still a few cards I'm looking for that, plus I'm looking to put back Sneak and Show and Shardless mm-hmm. Bug. So I was just kind of debating what I wanted to pick up, and there was a sale at TE, but it wasn't anything that I took advantage of because they didn't have, uh, mostly because I guess they didn't have the dual lands I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But the SCG is coming up, so I'm going to try to figure out what I want to do for that. If you need to borrow anything, let me know. I'll probably have a couple underground Cs that you can, I can loan you. No, I got the UCs. Like, oh, okay. I mean, for Sneak and Show, I think I need a couple of Volcanic Islands and a few City of Traders. And for, oh. um, actually, like a few Emmercools. Um, and for Shardless Bug, I still need a shitload. I need, like, some Shardless Sit. Agents, some Baleful Strix. Those are cheap. The Tarmogoyfs are going to be a bullet to bite. The Liliana is going to be a bullet to bite. Oh, uh, the City of Traders is going to be a bullet to bite now. Uh, not really. They just got bought out in TCG. They're up to like 200 bucks. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, yeah, no, it's the Tarmogoyfs are the bullet to bite because you fucking buy them and they reprint them. Yeah. You know, they're not reprinting City of Traders, so whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just versatility in other decks, you know. Um, Similar along that, we may be joined a little bit later. I'm not too sure. There's, uh, one of my buddies may jump on. We could talk about the buyouts a little bit more. He does, uh, he's, he's a fucking cool guy. He's a cool guy. He was going to give me a call later on. He was going to look up in his collection and see if he had a few things that I might be able to pick up from him. Uh, nice. You know him anyway, Flip. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He, um, worked down at, um, one of my, the local stores to me. Yeah. He does a lot. Is, of, he, is he still there? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he do, he goes to a lot of the events and he does a lot of the purchasing and, Nice. He's a he's a fucking cool guy. He is a very every time I've talked to him he's been super nice. Yeah. So. No, he's he's I I I would uh yeah, I would say he's a very good ambassador to the game. 
Like, sure. Yeah. When I started playing again, I talked to him frequently, and uh, he was a really, really cool guy. You know what, man? I feel like I feel like that should be a requisite thing, being like a good ambassador to the game, because that's something I I consciously try to do every time I go out to play. You know what I mean? Like I always go out to have a fun time first and foremost. You know, I like to win, but I'm also there to like have fun and meet other people, and you know what I mean. So I feel like that that's certainly being on the right track is uh, being a good ambassador for the game. Really? You suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just giving you shit. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so he's, he's really cool. He's really yeah. cool. Nice. And, and uh, I've been trying to get together with him. I was trying to see if he was going to do SCG this weekend. I told him I got a... Hideki can borrow. Um, he's... He's fucking awesome. So, Are you uh, you definitely going up to Worcester on Saturday? I'm going up there Saturday. I've still been debating whether or not I even want to register and play or if I just want to hang around and do anti-league all day with the guys. But uh, yeah, I I got a call the other day from Jim Not Dredge, and I, I told him about <laughs> how Sunday went. And oh yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking I should just maybe play Merfolk or something. He's like, dude, just play Burning Fins. Like that's you, that's your deck. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Like that's not. Um, he's like, can't judge that shit off. And I, he's right. He's uh, you know. Uh, how many rounds? What am I really going to face? Hoops all spells. And it really doesn't matter. Like the thing, I can I can swap the sideboard if I'm really worried about it. Like, and I'm not worried about oops all spells. It's just I don't. No, I didn't, no. just didn't like losing to it. Like, yeah. And the like, thing is, is I there's 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 things I can modify the sideboard. I started changing a little bit. Yep. Um, I started playing Infernal Tutor. Okay. Because uh, I can. Um, it's it's a little weird. I almost want. Something different. Like I'm, I'm, I started thinking about changing the deck a little bit, maybe to mm-hmm. add speed, to add a different sideboard package. Like maybe I side out Grizzlebrand, Emrakul, Children, Shallow Greaves. Maybe I side out all that stuff and side in Tess pieces, and then just play mm-hmm. Tess. Like both decks are susceptible to Storm Hate, so it's not terribly relevant which one I'm doing. All I'm going to really end up doing is making the deck terrible. Mm-hmm. Like transformational sideboards can be cute, but they're highly weak. What I really like. um is the Sheldock, there's like a Doomsday sideboard that you can go Oh yeah, with there. like Sheldock Isle and Emrakul and... Yeah, I mean you could do a few different things with it. And, yeah. And it's, um, I like that because it actually gets around most of the hate that anybody plays towards any part of the deck anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a few cards I don't have access to at the moment. I mean, you're not, but you're not looking to change this in light of Oopsaw spells, right? It's just like, it's one of those things where it just kind of gets stuck in your mind when you lose to a deck like that and you can't, like get it out of your head, kind of thing. No, there's certain. I've been wanting to change little parts of it anyway. I went up to Axel oh, okay. last week and I was playing Infernal Tutors just to see what I thought of it because, mm-hmm. like in in the sideboard, I have defense grids, and I never right. I never use defense grids. Like the, I never, actually, yeah, never never use defense grids. So why are they in my sideboard? Like if I'm not if I'm not bringing them in for anything, and there's really not many times I'll even sideboard anything anyway. Like usually, you know, depending on what I face game one. I can usually tell what it is, um, you know, game two anyway. So I usually take out Gataxian probes. Mm-hmm. And that leaves me four spots to pull things in. The only things, because I'm playing a Burning Wish sideboard, the only things I actually bring in are Chain of Vapors. Mm-hmm. Everything else is sorcery speed that I can burn for, so it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the um, an Infernal Tutor was actually really cute. Because I can always I can get away with casting Infernal Tutor, crack LED on the stack, go up in the board and get Exum, 
and mm-hmm. like there's there's different ways I can go about beginning the combo that uh having having cards in my sideboard, especially with a wishboard, having cards in my sideboard is really bad. Like I actually I have Pyroclasm in my board, but I also have Massacre. So like there's really Massacre takes out anything on anybody that's playing a plane. So like Pyroclasm might be good if I'm actually worrying about Deathrite Shaman. Mm-hmm. Um, where they'd actually have to be, what, playing Abzan for Massacre to matter, and they'd actually have to have a planes up. But having both on the board um, feels awkward, but the thing with a wish board is the versatility to it. So I have, and I got a lot of redundancy even in the board. Like, I have um, Exhum and Reanimate in the board, which I don't feel the need for unless mana is actually a factor. But where I'm playing LEDs, that doesn't tend to be the case. So, I just, I, I was looking through and I'm like, alright, well I got defense grids I don't use, I might as well swap those for Infernal Tutors, see what I think. And it actually, I really liked it. Like the only downside I'm gonna experience is, um, you know, if I'm holding a reanimation spell, I can't Infernal Tutor for Grizzlebrand. Like, that doesn't work. You know, there's mm-hmm. only certain cases where it's actually valid, so it's almost worth just keeping one in the board that I can wish for. And then I started thinking about playing Rite of Flame main deck, so that if I needed to, I could Burning Wish, crack LED on the stack, and go to the board to get something. But, um, you know, what I would give up for Rite of Flame uh, may not be worth it, like mm-hmm. pulling out Thoughtseize or something. And, you know, typically... Um, I don't think typically I don't target somebody with hand disruption, like unless I don't know. I mean, I, I I leave it available where I can target them or me because sometimes I just need to get rid of Grizzlebrand. With LEDs, it doesn't really seem to matter. Yeah, I could do it anyway. But I like there's times where I'd like to keep a buried alive in the sideboard. You know what that is? No. Um, it's like double entomb. I think it's double entomb. Uh, black and two colorless. Uh, you either take one or two creatures from your deck and put them into the graveyard. Oh, okay. I think it's a black and two sorcery. So where Entomb is one black instant, um, Buried Alive is something I can sorcery speed for. Oh, yeah, two and a black, search your library for up to three creature cards and put them into your graveyard. Oh, okay, three. Yeah, yeah. wow. So it's um, it's more mana intensive, but it's at least a target where if I'm not getting an Entomb, I can burning wish to the board and get something to put Grizzlebrand in the deck in the, yeah. in the grave. You know, the other the other thing I was thinking about was gamble, but I, I don't even. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of using gamble in the deck. I've seen decks that do it. I've seen yeah. burning, burning fins decks that do it. Um, I just uh, not not as big on gamble for me. Yeah, I mean, well, it would just suck to like bring in like your your creature card or your reanimate spell and have that go to the graveyard and the other one stranded in your hand. You know. It depends. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's different. The thing is, it's 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 an all-in deck, and I did end up. Oh man, I went like all out. I, I had. Um, I think I was playing against Death and Tax, and I just went for the combo, and I had everything lined up: mana, draw. Um, I had like everything going. Grizzlebrand was in the graveyard, and I think I went to Ponder, and I needed like. Anything off the top, <laughs> and I think I, I think I got like another lion's eye diamond. I'm like, yeah, nope, that's not it. And then you know, oh, man. I just ended up dying to it. But that's, I mean, that's the thing with the deck is it's, it's, it's extremely crazy 
Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, sometimes it kills itself. Sometimes it dies to itself. That is the uh, definition of a combo deck, right? No, combo deck is. I think the definition is a deck that series uh, that chains spells together in the event of creating a winning condition. Sure. Isn't that a combo deck? Yeah, I oh. suppose. I mean, I think combo deck is anything. <laughs> I would say combo deck is any deck that like requires a certain like requires a certain set number of pieces for its win condition and tries to win at instant speed. You know, tries to win at one one instance versus like an aggro deck, which is just you know. All out like you know damage spells and small little aggressive creatures, and versus a mid range deck which is you know big beefy creatures usually like more like a ramps type type strategy like shardless or a control control strategy like like miracles, you know. Um. Okay. That you know what I'm saying? Uh. Yeah. Like you don't you don't consider you don't consider burning fins a combo deck? No, burning fins is of course a combo deck, okay. but I, I don't think it's a combo deck. For the, because of the definition you gave, it's like to me, it's a combo deck because it chains spells together to formulate a win condition. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Um, usually in one turn. Well, yeah, isn't that like what we're talking about though? Like well, doing a bunch of stuff to win, win in one fell swoop. Um. Okay. Uh, I mean, would you consider Sneak and Show a combo deck? Yes. Okay. Would you consider Miracles a combo deck? No. Why not? Because it's not trying to win a one fell swoop. It's trying to control the board. It's trying to control your opponent's uh, ability to play spells. Is it so uh, it can win in one fell swoop? I mean, like, it's win condition. It, doesn't it miracle and entreat the angels so that it can it, attack? It can, it can, or it can just play the Monastery Mentor Package, or it can just beat you down with... Uh, now, would you say Monastery Mentor Package is a combo? No. No? Because it's not. it's not in itself a win condition. I mean, it, it does win them the game, but it's not. It's not when they when they chain Sensei's Divining Tops together. It does. They, be, just because there's a small combo in the deck, that's not the combo that wins the game. It's not you know them them making you know a monk token you know in every turn is not the not. I wouldn't call that a combo. So I think the definition could, of a combo is the ability to win the game at instant speed. Okay, and that so is not show, what that turn, does. So turn one show and tell Emrakul is not a combo. No, it's definitely a combo. But it doesn't win the game at instant speed. I mean, it basically See what I'm saying. Does. Like, it y- basically your definition does. doesn't. Your definition counterproduces itself. Or, no, or, I think I think that turn one Emrakul. I mean, there's not a lot of ways to get to to to, to beat that. You know, no, turn I one Caracas. That, <laughs> sure, sure, that's fine. But that's fine if they play the Caracas. That's fine. You just sneak attack your uh, Emrakul out again and make them sack the Caracas. You gotta hope so. You know, I, my my point is that like a combo deck is trying to do. A very specific thing, or a series of specific things, like you said, like a chain of, a, a very specific chain of spells, or, um, you know, trying to put together their win condition in a very specific way. Um, I think it's the definition of a combo deck. I would think a combo deck just tries to end the game early and protect itself either with, uh, its own counter magic or hand disruption. Um, yeah, I suppose. Like, like Belcher's a combo deck, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. They don't have a ton of like interaction, do they? They don't. They don't run force will or anything. No, they don't do counter magic, but I think they do hand disruption. What are they playing about Belcher? The hand disruption. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Don't they do? Um, I think they don't they do cabal therapy. In Belcher, they yeah. they might. To be honest, I'm not. I don't 100 percent know. I haven't looked up a Belcher list in a while. Yeah, I mean, I I know Joe was running was running Belcher um, at the GP, but I didn't really get a chance to check out his list. Um, I can't say for sure if they do or not, but I, but again, like, I think Vulture's a good example of, 
a combo deck. You know, they might not kill you when they, you know, uh, what the hell's that? The, the goblins, uh, producer, um, Empty the Warrens? Yeah, Empty the Warrens. If they empty the Warrens for like 10 or, or 8 or whatever, it doesn't kill you that turn, but that is their combo, their combo to kill you, you know? Um, yeah. Nope, no hand disruption. Okay. Yeah, like, it's like the definition of a glass cannon deck, right? Like, same thing as Oopsall Spells. Although Oopsall Spells probably plays a little bit more in disruption with Cabal Therapy, because that's how I lost both games on Magic Online turn one, like, both games just got wrecked, just absolutely wrecked by by oops all spells. Yeah, but that deck loses to I would assume just sure it loses to like a graph Tigger's cage or a rest in peace or no, no. Well, it's a, it's a turn one combo deck, they're, right? Like, but I mean, like, they're faster. A, they're faster than a graph Tigger's cage. They're faster than a rest in peace. They lose to force of will. They'll sure. lose to force of will. They'll lose to surgical extraction. They'll lose to ley line of the void. You know, unless they stop playing like. What reverend silence? I don't even think they play a forest, so they would need um, echoing truths. They might need their own chain of vapors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're gonna have their own challenge. Yeah, is there a way, like is there a point where that deck doesn't cabal therapy you? There's not a, any time where it doesn't, right? Th- is, there, is, there ther- deck, is there a deck? Is there a deck? What? No, no. Is there a time where it's not going to cabal, cabal therapy you because? From what I remember when I played Oops All Spells, when I played against it, it was like, the first thing they do was like, dump their, dump their hand with like fast mana rocks, and then, uh, essentially, get their, you know, through a, a chain of events, get their Narcomoebas in play, dump their deck. <laughs> through a chain starts, of events. <laughs> you sacking. mean like, cast a balustrade spy? Yeah, sure. And then they start sacking Narcomoebas to flashback Cabal Therapies and rip all the permission out of your hand. Yeah, so, I mean, like, at what point... There's, there's part for that. I mean, part of it is just sacking Narcomoebas. Even if it's not to get the permission out of your hand, it's to make tokens so that they can dread return. Yeah. So is there a point what? Well, well there, is that is that deck really trying to, like, dread return, or aren't they trying to just uh, draw um, with Lab Maniac in play? Or Laboratory Maniac in play? Or are they trying but to, the, like... the only way they can do it is to dread return. Okay. They dread return Angel oh, right, of Glories, right? That's so right. The angel yeah, yeah, that's how they're getting all those guys the on board. Come back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I, I, like I said, I only played the deck t- against the deck twice, and it's um, you know, the problem with Magic Online is that you don't really get a chance to talk to people afterwards and ask them about what they're doing. Some players, especially locally, if you ask them what's going on, they'll happily like explain their deck to you. Usually, they're pretty excited about it because they, people who play decks like that usually like to talk about them. Hmm. People who, you know, some people. Well, People who like their wacky combo decks really like their wacky combo decks. The thing with Oops All Spells is it, you know, a lot of times it will, it's like Belcher, it'll go on turn one. So it's, it, it puts people into for, into mulligan to force a will, which is yep. a lot like what Tinfins does. Um, it puts people to a point where they want to, they want to mull to a force a will. Yeah. Um, with Oops All Spells and with like Belcher, it's more, I think it's more important to, it's more important to be holding Force of Will when the game mm-hmm. starts. Uh, with Oops All Spells, they're a little bit more susceptible. It's not just Force of Will. Like, if you're on the play, I mean, you get Leyline of the Void, now they have to fight that off. But if you're on the mm-hmm. play, when they cast Balustrade Spy, you can stifle it. You know, now, now they've gone through, dump their hand out for really no reason because their combo fizzled. But, like, it, they'll, it dies off to stifle. Um, when they flip the deck, you can Surgical Extract the Narcomoebas. Mm-hmm. You can circle surgical extract the Angel of Glories, right? It really doesn't matter. Um, you can take any part of the deck. The next turn, they're going to die anyway. Yep. It's um, 
it's it's more fragile than Belcher. Um, yeah, I think it's just more fragile than Belcher. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it really got me. I mean, it really this card doesn't really affect that as much because it's too slow. But you know, I've been thinking for a little while how, especially if like people are actually talking about Eldrazi, mm-hmm. how underpriced humility seems to be. Yeah. Humility's a really I always like that card. And it's um I just, you know, noticed today that that's also on the reserve list. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, humility's really good. It makes uh it and it does really weird like when you start playing humility, you start learning the judge rulings before you cast anything. <laughs> like it's it's um it works one way with Painter Servant. Like, Painter Servant's a 1-1, one, one, but everything's still the color you name. Yep. It works a different way with Batter Skull. Now Batter Skull's a 5-5. Five, five. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. Hmm. So, you doing this weekend, though? Oh, yeah. I uh, pre-registered uh, this morning, so I'll be out there. <laughs> like I boss. still haven't decided what I'm playing yet. I'm kind of bouncing between Grixis and Blue Red and Eldrazi. Um, Do you have Eldrazi together? Yeah, um, I'm picking up my uh, the three caverns I need from Jerry. I have a Jite on the way. Um, the only thing I'm missing right now is the City of Traders, which probably won't make it to me in time, but I'm sure I can find a find one to borrow from someone. Um, mm. So I have that whole deck together, the 75 for that deck. Um, I obviously have the 75 for Grixis and the 75 for Blue Red. I really want to play Eldrazi, but because I might not have it all together in time, I might end up just playing jamming Blue Red. And just having fun. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it's best set up for the metagame. I think probably Grixis is the best, you know, the best deck for the metagame because I think everyone's going to be dr- gunning for Eldrazi. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, like, I look forward to playing Eldrazi in some of the local tournaments. I think it's going to be fun to bring up to CE. It'll be fun to play at, at gaming, et cetera. So I'll definitely put that deck together, you know, finish putting that deck together and jam it. But, um, yeah, I think for Saturday I'm going to play Blue Red. I think, um, it's a two-day um, event, so there's a cut to day two. And I think it's actually seven and two because I was looking at the points breakdown today, hmm. and you would imagine it's three points, correct? I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's usually three points for a win and a point for a draw and yeah. zero for a loss. I don't know. I try to focus on the game at hand. I don't really try to focus on the fucking tournament math. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, like, um, you know, what... Keeps me in, keeps me live for day two. Don't matter, you're going 03 draw, buddy. If that's the case, then there'll be, there'll be plenty of side events for me, for me to get into, so well, I plan on playing as much Legacy as I can. Did you get your anti-league deck together yet? No, man, I, what are you, so what exactly do I need for that? Do I just need a couple packs of, uh, Eternal Masters? So you, you, you buy Eternal Masters. Okay. If you open the pack and there's something that you want to keep, you don't use that pack. Okay, fair you, enough. You buy another pack of Eternal Masters. Okay. All right, so if you open a pack... Um, all right, I'll start telling you what the rares are in this fucking deck, because this was like... How many packs do I need? Three? Three. Well, you, you need three packs that are bad. Okay. All right, so if you open a pack and you get uh, Brago King Eternal, <laughs> all right, you go, yeah, uh, this pack is going in fucking anti-league. <laughs> if you open a pack and you get Jace the Mind Sculptor... 
you say, okay, nope, this one's not going in anti-league. I'm going to gotcha. set this aside and buy another pack. Then you buy another pack, and you get Silvos Rogue Elemental. And you go, <laughs> all right, yeah, this one's going in fucking anti-league. <laughs> and then you open another pack, and you're like, all right, I've got Goblin Trenches Foil Sneak and Show. All right, well, that's not going in anti-league. All right, but then you pick up another pack, and you're like, all right, this one's just fucking Goblin Trenches. This can go in anti-league. So once you get three packs that are all cards that you're okay if you fucking lose... Then you have your anti-league deck. It's it's three packs of what turned out to be um, the the terrible packs you bought. Mm-hmm. You know, but, which is nice because you still recoup value off them because you get to play anti-league and hang out. But it's um you don't have to worry about losing a foil force of will or a fucking chase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it gives you a reason to buy Eternal Masters without loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, um, so I put the three packs together with some lands and call it a day. You put all uh, what the fuck is there? Like ten commons, three uncommons, yep. a rare, and a foil. You take the token out. You put all of those together, and then you add five lands of each color. Okay. Oh, that's actually kind of awesome. Yeah, it's your deck. So you have a five color deck, right? And yep. um, as you play and you're fucking anti and cards, you're either losing lands or you're losing spells. So as it goes on. Your deck can have more spells than lands and make it harder to cast. Because like, <laughs> if, if you've been winning, yeah, you know, or losing, or you can lose spells and have more lands and end up getting mana flooded, or you can end up like through enough games losing all your forests, making it really hard to cast the green spells. <laughs> uh, so sometimes you'll play a game and be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking crush as soon as I get Brago," and then at the end of the game when you lose, you flip over the anti pile and realize Brago was in the anti pile. <laughs> like it, it's really cool. So you just play, you just take one card from the top of your deck face down, and that's that's the ante for the game. You shuffle up, um, yep. you cut, and then before the game starts, both players take the top card, put it face down. Nobody looks at them, and okay. you don't look at them until the end of the game. Okay, and you play best of three, or is it best of one? Nope, just best of one. Best of one, and so it's it's forty eight cards, right? Because you got the fifteen card pack plus the one foil, so forty eight cards no, plus. I thought those packs were... There's what, nine commons, three uncommons is 12. Oh, no, there's 15, 15, so there's 10 commons, three uncommons, a rare and a foil, so there's 15. So oh, okay. All 45 right, right, cards, right. 45 actual cards, then you, there's 25, 25 lands. lands. So, so 50, 60, 70, so 70 card, card deck. Okay. So it's a 70 card deck that's five colors, and then, you know, whatever. Ah, the ah, thing ah, is, ah, it's, ah. it's cool because it's Eternal Masters, like you could do this with any set. Yeah. And it's really kind of neat, because when you go to a store and you just pick up packs to do anti-league, then you end up considering colors. So you're like, all right, well, I should probably get Return to Ravnica, because it was more mana fixing in that set. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and like, and, and you could do it with like different sets and shit, but so I figure I being like, Legacy and, and us hanging out, we should probably be doing it with Eternal Masters. Hell yeah. No, that so- actually sounds fun. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like when, when I first started playing Magic, and you just jam a bunch of cards together with a bunch of lands and just play... Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing that's is like, like it's not it's not preconstructed. You know, it's it's almost yeah. it's almost like the fun of sealed. Only you don't even get to create it to that extent. You know, like, yeah. you're, you're really at the whim of what you opened in the packs. But <laughs> you're, you're at least at the point where like you can say, okay, do, is this a pack that I want to sacrifice? Like, right. you know, I opened, um, you know, one of the packs I opened. I'm like, I don't know, does this go in uh, anti league? Like it had Vasara the Dreadful. And I'm like, I could fucking use that, but then, like, in the pack, there was a couple of cards that, um, I had, like, a Nimble Mongoose and shit, and I'm like, actually, I could use that, I, I got other fucking packs that were, like, worse, or, you know, like... Yeah. 
well, goblin that's cool crunches because and shit. It's kind of like you open up a pack and it's a win-win, right? Like it's either a win because it goes in your anti-deck, or it's a win because there's some cards in there that you want. Now you got it. Yeah, I like that, man. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, so all right. So I gotta find a place where I can pick up some Eternal Masters packs then before 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 Saturday. Um. Well, then you missed it because I know this weekend, last weekend, they were doing like buy three, buy three of anything and get the fourth free of an equal or lesser value. So I'm like, all right. Well, do they have dual lands going on? But then what I noticed is one guy actually bought. Uh, three packs of Eternal Masters and the kid behind the counter is like, you want a fourth? It's actually free. And when he rang it up, I'm like, that's a good price for four packs. Maybe I should get that. And I'm like, was this, oh, was, I left my bank card at home. Uh, was this at TE? Yeah. They were doing buy, you know, buy three of anything in the store, buy three, get the fourth fucking. Oh, free nice. If the cost is cheaper. So like, if you wanted to pick up a play set of show and tells or fucking. Well, that's kind of cool. something that was, was worth it. What was the price on Eternal Masters packs there? What were they selling them for, you know? 12.99. Uh, it's not too bad. No, so it ended up when the guy got four with tax, it was forty-one, forty-one. Yeah, that's not too bad. Ten bucks a pack. Well, that's monthly. MSRP. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, you yeah, get, yeah. You want to get yeah. it below MSRP? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for on on a sale, like it's nice to get something below MSRP when it's on sale. But yeah, but they're at twelve ninety-nine, which is which is, um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be terrible if I open a twelve ninety-nine pack and get fucking goblin trenches. But I'm looking at it going, I don't know if if I get like four packs at forty-one because they didn't have. They didn't have what I was looking for anyway, and there's still a few cards that I'm looking for. Like, I'm, I still want to pick up, I still got to pick up one regular non-foil Eternal Masters sneak attack. Yeah. Um, I still need three Emrakuls. Uh, I guess Modern Masters one would match the set that I'm using anyway. <laughs> um, and what, uh, Chromox, I want to pick up an old Chromox, uh, a couple of Limduels vaults, I don't care what set. As long as they're the same. You know, there's like, there's still a few cards that I'm like looking for here and there. There was a few things they had down there that I was looking at. Um, but they didn't have anything that made me say I should buy four of them. You know, mm-hmm. like there was, there was nothing like, I want Shardless Agents. Um, there's a few things I still gotta pick up, but there was nothing that, that screamed, uh, I should do this now. So, yeah. plus I didn't have my bank card, so. Yeah. That, kind that of makes it tough to buy things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I could I could bat an eye, but they'd probably just tell me get fucked. <laughs> so that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I excited to play some Legacy, man. I haven't played any Paper Magic since since Columbus, so it's been like a month since I played Paper Magic. So. Oh yeah, that's a good time to go to an SCG and just fucking jam out with 200 people. And you're worried yeah, about day two? <laughs> yeah, well, I've been playing. I've been playing a good amount online, so it's not like I'm out of practice. You know what I mean? Okay, well, as um, long as, I mean, online takes your turn for you, doesn't it? Doesn't it make you, like, forget shit? Um, it's different playing you know online, well, isn't it? Man, it, like, honestly, mentions triggers like, that you'd normally miss. Yeah, so, like, that's one of the downfalls of playing online, is that for sure, like, yeah, like, your devil trigger you'll never miss. But, um, I feel like playing online makes me more aware of what I'm playing against. Like, you know, one of the cool things is, is, like, I played against elves a few times online now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I understand the matchup extreme, like much, much better now because I can scroll over any creature on the board at any time and see what it does. And for me, like, it's a little bit awkward to keep, like, looking at my opponent's creatures, like, over and over and over again if I forget what they do. But I can do that online without impeding what my opponent is doing. And I can do it at my leisure whenever I'd like and not feel like an idiot. So I feel like I know I- I've internalized what's more important than that matchup, for instance, than, like, I have before. Um, and also with that, like, I don't have to shuffle, which is nice. Like, I know, you know what I mean? Like, I never have to worry about that. Um, it's also, like, easier for me to jam, like, a 
a bunch of games into a single play session because I can just go through them really quickly. And, you know, I'm in the middle of my, a, a league right now um, that I can just jam games whenever I want, or I can just hit up the two mans and run two mans for the day. Um, so that's pretty nice too. I can switch back and forth between decks and adjust my sideboard between matches if, like, you know, I uh, if I'm playing in two mans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that there'd be a lot of like gr- great things about Magic Online. Um, there are some not so great things too. Like I, I do m- very much more enjoy playing someone face to face and conversation between games and things like that. However, just from a pure practice standpoint and also just from a competitive standpoint, like the, I found the players online to be of a higher caliber, I would say in general than players that I play with on a normal basis. <laughs> Is that so because the players good. online are also not missing their triggers? Is that why? What? Is that just because say? players online are also not missing their triggers? <laughs> I mean, p- maybe partially. That certainly can't hurt, but I do feel like I, the competition level online is just, uh, in general, like a little bit above what you'll see in paper. Um, I think mostly because people who, people who play Legacy on Magic Online are really into Legacy and play it already. I don't think they're people, <laughs> people who are like... People who play it in paper or not. Well, no, I would say like people, <laughs> people who play in paper like might be, um, I don't know, like borrowing a deck from a friend or just getting into the format. Like I feel like you find people just getting into the format more often in paper than you will on Magic Online. But again, that's totally like, that's just totally an observation of mine. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, it's probably um, just but, a lot of personal bias. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't discount that. So, but that's just what I found. I found players online to be, um, you know, of a pretty high caliber. Not to say like. I play against Scrubs every week, like at, at our places. Like we play against really great players. Well, yeah, I mean um, the, the players you play against play against the Scrub, though. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I, I don't put myself <laughs> above, above Scrub status. Like that's fine. That's fucking fine. No, that's good. I'm okay with that. I'm just fucking um, around with you. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I uh, actually played against Eldrazi. I I played a little bit of my league uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Played against Eldrazi and like. Got stomped game one and s- destroyed them in game two because they went like ancient tomb, ancient tomb, ancient tomb mm-hmm. on like their first three turns and was just were just like killing themselves with with casting cards okay. and uh, just having a price of progress in hand sealed the game for me there. And then game three, I like had a one land hand with like some good threats, um, some permission and a price of progress and just never drew a second land. I had like six turns to draw a second land. Mm-hmm. And just didn't. And like in in Blue Red Delver, it's, it can be tough sometimes because it's only running sixteen lands. But you think over like six or seven turns, you can draw a second land. But it didn't happen, so I ended up losing that game. But uh, I got four more four more games in the league to play. Probably try to get one or two in tonight. Maybe record them for the page, post them up there. All that's good stuff. How's the video editing been going? Uh, it's actually been awesome. Um, I've gotten it down to where I can post, a, like I can do very minimal editing to a video. Um, it's just basically like the rendering process and like compressing it and unzipping it. Well, not unzipping it, but the, you know, I, I basically like do it in OBS, right? Record, like do basically do a, a window capture, record the window. When I'm done, I just hit stop. It goes into a file on my computer. Then I have to change that file format from FLV to MP4. So that I can edit it in the software that I have. Mm-hmm. So that takes that takes some time because my computer is very slow. Um, then once I have that done, I go into my editing software, pop the video in there, uh, put the intro in, put the video in, 
and then I export it, and that also takes some time because my computer's slow. Mm-hmm. So once it exports, it exports onto my onto into another file folder. Then from there, I throw it in ha- in a handbrake to compress it because if I try to upload two gigs of video to YouTube, it's gonna take it's probably gonna explode my computer. Okay. So I compress it and like get it down to a very manageable file size, and then from there. I post it to YouTube. So, like, the majority of the work actually is is just being done by, by my computer and just me waiting for it to have it done. So um, it doesn't, like, you know, the editing of the video doesn't take very long because it's a very simple, like, you know, just you're just seeing my screen kind of video. I'm not, like, you know, I'm not adding, like, any, like, picture in picture to it or anything like that. Um, but it's been enjoyable, man. I've actually really liked learning how to edit video. Mm-hmm. Um I'd love to do more of it, like in a in a different sense. You know, maybe <laughs> like not, recording maybe it with a wife first. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my desktop is in my bedroom, so I can't say that it's not happened yet. But um, she starts looking up. What's that camera up there? Though? Don't don't worry about that, yeah, baby. Don't no, worry about just that. Bite that pillow some more. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, it's been it's been good, man. I've actually really enjoyed. Like the first time I did my first video, took me forever. Because I had to learn everything I was doing from scratch, and you know, as I was going, I'm like, all right, well, oh, you know, I record, I can record a video, great, I can record this video, and now I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure out where to edit it. So now I have to go scour the internet for a good editing software. I find a great software program, and I have to figure out how to adjust it so I can get my free license to work with it. And that that took time. I had to watch a bunch of tutorials. I'm like, all right, now I have this editing software. Oh, how do I use this editing software? So I had to watch a bunch of tutorials on that. I'm like, all right, so now I've edited this video. I want to export it. Oh, man, this file is huge. All right, I got to figure out how to get it, like, down to a manageable size. Mm-hmm. I had to find a way to do that. You know what I mean? So, like, the first time you do anything is just very, very labor-intensive. But I also found it very enjoyable, too. You know what I mean? Because you get these challenges set up in front of you, and, you know, if you put your nose to you put your nose to the grindstone and really just put your mind to it, like, you can figure out most things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not a computer whiz by any stretch of the imagination, you know. Um, but... I do enjoy learning how to do things, and yeah, for me that was a lot of fun. It was fun, a lot of fun to to, to learn, and I actually got a chance to play. Um, uh, I think it was Adam uh, from the Facebook group. He's actually the Nettles player. Oh, Adam Wallace, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played him in my last head to head, and uh, we played a good three games of uh, the Elves versus the Blue Red Delver matchup. Um, so that was really fun. I got to post that. Um, I'll probably be doing more of that stuff with people from the page if they're if they're into it. If they have a Magic Online account and they want to. Uh, record a video with me. It's always great. Like I, I appreciate it because after the game, like you know, after I posted the video, Adam kind of went in and watched the game. You know, being able to view my hand and being right. able to remember what was in his hand, and then he had a lot of um, meaningful and interesting insight to, to lend me. You know what I mean? Like you know, where he's like, all right, well, hey, you know, in this situation, um, you know, you need to kill Rorikthar. You probably want to triple block him here instead of instead of you know chumping. You know, because if you can triple block him and kill him, then you stand. Then you stand to have like at least an out to this game versus not. You know, um, and a few other things like that. So that was pretty cool. Um, I hope to do that more in the future. So if people on the uh, on the page are into uh, into doing that with me, just uh, shoot me a message on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Um, or when I'm ready to v- record videos, I usually post on the Facebook page as well. And uh, you know, every time I've done it, people have stepped up and are seem pretty interested in doing it. So, and I think it's like. Good for other people too, you know, if they want to play against a, a player and then be able to sort of review their plays and, you know, the, the more decks I have, the more matchups we can do like with this kind of stuff. So, 
Uh, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable, man. I, I really, uh, I have a good time with it. So I hope people are enjoying the videos and getting something useful out of it and, and all that good stuff. So, now, you can only do that with, um, are you, you're only doing that with MTGO, right? Uh, currently, yes. Uh, however, like, I can use OBS to record if I wanted to use Xmage or if I wanted to use, uh, Cockatrice. Um, OBS is just a recording software. Okay. So if I wanted to learn, you know, you know, if I wanted to learn one of those other programs and download them on my computer and use those, I certainly could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not like really inclined to do it at this point, just because I have the decks I want to play online. But that being said, like, um, if there's a deck I really want to try and I don't feel like buying it on Magic Online, like that's that window's open for me for sure. So. Hmm. So I have no. Uh, yeah, I have zero exposure to Magic Online. Mm-hmm. So with all these buyouts happening, is that even potentially possible in Magic Online? Um, I find it to be much more unlikely because in Magic Online there's no reserve list, so there's not really uh, um, that much upside to buying like a card that might be in short demand, in short supply. Okay. There's not that. I don't think there's a safety blanket. Whereas if you're buying up a reserve list card in real life in Paper Magic, I mean there is like a extremely finite amount and. Uh, there is no chance of that getting reprinted. You know what I mean? So there will be no vintage masters in paper. Whereas in Magic Online, like the duels have been reprinted so much that they're not really that expensive. In all honesty, like I think I picked up a playset of Volcanics for like under seventy dollars, which is pretty great. Um, it does see like fluctuations, like any other any other card market. But you know that being said, like it, it, Magic Online has some weird prices where like some cards are very expensive. Just because they haven't seen a lot of printings, like some merge is like a thirty dollar card. Days was like a twenty dollar card for a while. Um, but you know, beyond that, like for the most part, they're very affordable. And one of the other great things about Magic Online is that, um, you know, I can have infinite decks between the same pool of cards and never have to like move cards out in and out of a deck box physically. I just have the list saved, which is kind of cool. Um, and also, like, switching in and out of decks between traders is pretty easy, too. Like, uh, if I wanted to, you know, try out Eldrazi, and, like, I think the difference between Eldrazi and Grixis Delver online is, like, maybe $30. So I could sell my whole Grixis deck to an online buyer and buy all of Eldrazi and probably not lose, I mean, maybe lose, like, 40 bucks overall, something like that, and the transaction, you know, that's, like, their margin on the purchase. But, like, so it's not as big of a deal, like, you know, if I was actually trying to physically sell out a paper card, so... Switching back and forth between decks online is is also easier. Hmm. Um, I've I've enjoyed it. I mean, I, like I said, I still very much enjoy Paper Magic over Magic Online, but just the reality of my situation of being a dad and having two young kids, like it leaves me stranded at home quite a bit. So um, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I invested in Magic Online is because I can't get out to play paper as much, but I still want to jam leg- legacy games when I can. So and the videos have just kind of been like a fun offshoot of that, like something for me to a challenge for myself to put that out there and mm-hmm. uh, and you know just try something new and like I said get get valuable feedback and like I said hopefully provide some entertainment to our viewers like I'm not a great legacy player so I should probably have like a punt meter on the screen somewhere and see how many games I punt but um yeah man it's enjoyable I I like it I like it a lot hmm. and uh Magic Online is not as bad as people make it out to be overall so okay now, what do you have built in Magic Online? 
So right now I have Blue Red Delver and Grixis Delver and Legacy. I had a Popper deck, but I sold it to get Legacy pieces. Um, so I just have Blue Red and Grixis currently. Um, okay. What? What? Uh, all right, enlighten me here on the economics of selling a Popper deck for Legacy deck. Yeah, so like what I did was I just sold it to one of the bots. On so like Magic Online, you don't buy like you. Don't you don't buy cards from wizards. You buy cards from bots, essentially. Yeah, um, so what I did was, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I just went to a bot and sold like the whole deck. I think I got forty-four tickets for it. So I took the forty-four tickets and then went to another bot that had legacy stables and, and bought my tickets, bought my legacy stuff through them. Like, um, what? I actually, what you, like, what did you trade a popper deck? Like, what legacy card did did you get for a popper deck? This is what I'm curious. Well, so. imagine like, so like, I took, you know, I just basically just got forty four chicks out of the deal. So I sold uh-huh. my popper deck. Imagine getting forty four dollars. Yeah. And then I went to another bot and used forty four dollars to buy whatever I wanted for my for my decks. For that's, my, what, my, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. What can you get for forty four dollars for legacy online? You can get a couple of duels. You can get, uh, uh, I mean, the majority. Like, you probably get a whole burn deck for the mo- for the most part. Um, a couple it, duels. Yeah. So you can trade a bunch of commons and shit from a popper deck and get a dual land? Well, I was playing mono black and troll, so it's actually like, like out of all the popper decks, it's the most expensive for the most okay. part. Okay. Um, so that's why it was worth 44 ticks. Most popper decks are between like 20 and 30 ticks. But like in Magic Online, like, you know, the, um, what's the best way to put this? Like, uh, there's not a lot of, like a lot of margin room on the cards they buy. Like you can go to like, alright, so for instance, this is a shameless plug. I used mtgotraders.com to purchase all my legacy cards because their website was really efficient. I could see like what cards were selling for. Um, I could put them all in a cart and buy them like on the internet, and then I would log into Magic Online, and a bot would just contact me, say, "Hey, open up a trade." I'd open up a trade with the bot, and it would just give me all the cards I just purchased from from the website. So it was kind of like going to TCG Player, putting in an order. And then logging on to Magic Online and them just saying, here's your order instantly. Um, okay. so it's a lot easier than like trying to go and like go, what I did originally when I first started playing Magic Online, um, I was playing Pauper mm-hmm. and, uh, I had to go to like fucking a thousand different bots, do a bunch of different transactions, try to find the best prices, um, you know, keep opening and closing trades. It was just a nightmare just trying to find these commons and unco- these commons for this deck. Um, whereas now like I can just go to MTGO Traders, um, you know, I feel like most people in Magic Online, their prices are fairly competitive with one another. There's not as big of a disparity between the high and low prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just go to one place, get all my cards, pay for it, and, and then just log on to Magic Online, get it instantly. It's not like a headache. So that's one of the things I've been really impressed with Magic Online is that like now that I know how to, now that I know a better way to buy and sell cards, um, it's made my life a lot easier. It made me much more likely to play online versus uh versus before. Okay. Um. Yeah. How's Tony been? Uh, he's been good. I actually haven't swung by there in quite a while. Um, I have some. I actually have some bulk. I got to bring by there. Yeah, I have some. That, I, I have some that I'm going to give you in fucking Worcester also. All right, awesome. Then I'll wait till after that to go. Um, yeah, I haven't been by there in a while, but um, he's probably doing pretty well. I had actually contacted him before the GP to see if he had Eternal Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he actually didn't get any Eternal Masters in um this this time around. So, um. I did not get to, uh, haven't been there for that, but hmm. that's probably the last time I talked to him. Um, just, just an FYI, underground seas on empty geo traders right now, the cheapest ones are, uh, $32. Hmm. 
if, if they had the foil version, you could get which they don't right now. The foil Vintage Master Underground Sea is twenty six dollars. See, I just uh, I can't I can't see it for a digital object. I you know what man? I was the same way, and I'm I'm still kind of that way. I don't really like spending money on something I can't hold in my hand. But at the same time, like before I started playing, like before I came back to playing Magic, I had a hard time believing I was going to spend any money on singles to begin with. Because mm-hmm. even even the paper cards, like, it's still sort of hard to believe that they're worth anything. Like, I have, like, you know, I have, like, this deck box and this deck box that are probably, like, three or four grand in cards, and, like, but they're really, like, <laughs> in the palm of my hand. And, like, if I bring them, if I brought them to my neighbor and said, hey, like, can I buy you a used car for the for these two boxes of cards, he'd tell me to piss off because he w- wouldn't think they're worth anything. So it's kind of a funky thing, like, being in the Magic community. Um, we assert a lot of value to these objects, but, re- like, in the grand scheme of the world, they're worthless. You know what I mean? Hmm. And as um, long as uh, the wife doesn't find out. Well, yeah, I, 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 you know, she doesn't listen to the podcast, and she's not home right now, so. And you better start <laughs> whispering into the microphone. <laughs> um, conversely, the uh, Volcanic Islands right now on Magic Online, you can get them for 33 bucks, 34 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's quite a quite a big price difference between paper and and, uh, and online. Well, yeah, there better be. I mean, first off, there's no reserve list online. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, Vintage Masters was really big. I hope they do that again. I think it'd be cool if they did that sometime this year or next year, because I would definitely play that and uh, and draft some duels. But um, yeah, man. Uh, overall, I've enjoyed Magic Online. Um, I wish I had a bigger collection, but. If I'm gonna pour money into something, it's gonna be my paper collection, um, personally. But that's just me. Hmm. So you're just wishing it was bigger, is what you're saying? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> typical, typical male attitude. Just want it to be a little bigger, it's a little bigger. <laughs> hmm. And what else? Um, so you go in this weekend. What about breakfast? Well, that's that was actually uh, the question I was going to ask you. What's okay. your plan for breakfast? Because I think that's so. I think to, in order for anyone to have a very successful tournament, you have to have a start off with a good breakfast, right? Like, oh, I try to I try to go with a, with a breakfast. Not that I have a successful tournament, but I hate making misplays because <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, for sure. Like like if let me let me take all of the fucking bullshit out of my head before I sit down and try to focus. Yeah, that, that's just a big. That's just for me, and um, and I should actually make sure unless Lita's drank all the Red Bulls. I had a bunch of there was a bunch of Red Bulls in the fridge I was going to bring with me on Sunday, but I forgot. So I, hopefully it is still there so I can bring them this weekend because I do enjoy Red Bull while I'm playing. Yeah. Um, because I don't like to be. There's a little acronym. I don't know if you have. A, it, you, chances are you never heard this shit, but um, there's an acronym. It's halt. Ever hear that? Mm, no, but okay. Enlighten me. So in general, like, so in general, the decisions I make are usually fucking terrible. If I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Okay. So like, if if I'm trying to do something, I'm really not sure about what or why I'm doing it. I should just probably halt for a second and think: Am I oh. hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? That's pretty good. And like, if those are my motivations, chances are it's not fucking right. Ah, so that's, that's pretty clever, actually. Yeah, so when I when I go to play a tournament, um, if it's something that like I have to pay a larger entry fee for to pay, play with two hundred people, mm-hmm. I don't want to fuck up because I'm hungry. Yeah, you know, so, for sure. So I'll go grab breakfast first. Plus, it's a cool time. You know, you get to meet up with a few people and hang out before the tournament. And it's pretty cool. So I'm hoping. Uh, you know, I got to and 
besides the before, then there's also the after. So what it's looking like, hopefully, is uh, Saturday the SCG is going to go on. Um, assuming Celso is going to come up from Connecticut. Nice. Um, me, uh, I'm going to try to see who through the Facebook group I can grab, but uh, I'm, me and Celso are probably going to go grab breakfast. I'll probably see if Kyle wants to go, uh, if anybody else wants to go and meet up. I'll probably go I'm grab in. breakfast. All right, so I was debating whether Carl's or Miss Worcester. Well, I will say that, you know, a little over a year ago, I got to go to Miss Worcester with you and Jerry for the first time. Yeah. That was enjoyable. I wouldn't mind doing that again. Um, yeah. I'd also recommend, I don't know how, if it's further than Carl's, but Lou Rock's is in Worcester as well, and that is a great breakfast place. Lou Rock's is in Worcester. It's a, it's, it's a good breakfast place. It's on like Gold Star Boulevard. Yeah. I mean, from, it's at the northern end of Worcester, which, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not relevant. I mean, Lou Rock's is closer to the DCU than Carl's is. Carl's okay. is just a place you want to go if you like ham and bacon and lots of it. There's no portion control there. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really good. And I mean, you get an omelet like a football. It's oh, it's man. absurd. Yeah, like you get shaved steak omelet, a pastrami omelet. Um, he actually, what the hell did he do? He's got one called tickle my pickle omelet. <laughs> it's like. It, it, it's awesome. The place is awesome. Man, but oh, you know what I had at Miss Worcester was like, it was like some French toast. It was like all American French toast. It had like blueberries and strawberries and oh yeah, oh, and apples and oh man, it was great. It was oh, so yeah. good. Oh, Miss Worcester's awesome for French yeah, toast. Like that's that's the thing is Miss Worcester's good for French toast and Carl's is good for pork, like ham, yeah. like if you want a dead pig. Roasted. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm not a big ham guy, but if that's the, uh, oh, I, I love it, man. Holy shit, dude! I went up there one time before a tournament. I'm like, I just got a ham, egg, and cheese on a on a bulky to go. Yep. And they had to rubber band the container to keep it closed. <laughs> like they, they send they sent me away with a sandwich with a fork. Nice. And, and like, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't use ham like you go to the deli and get ham. No, no. He he cuts these ham steaks off of a big fat ham. Oh, in, nice. In the, it's it's so good. It's it's that's a ham, egg, and cheese. Um, yeah, man, for sure. But for like, sure. so so there's a debate between the two, and I I think between Lou Rocks and Miss Worcester, I would be at Miss Worcester. Like, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I mean, Lou Rocks has is is good, but it's not Miss Worcester. Like, the, the, you know, one of the things too, Lou Rocks is not a diner car. That's true. That's and, true. And one of the things that's one of the things that's interesting about Worcester to me is that they used to be the Worcester Diner Car Company. Right. And that's why, like, if you come up in New England and you come around Worcester, a lot of the diners are diner cars, mm-hmm. and, and you don't really see that anyplace else in the country. No, so, it's not so that popular like, anymore. Yeah. No, but it, but a lot of these are up here because they used to be like the floor model demos that they would sell to the train stations. Yep. And, yep. and um, so Carl's is one of them. Miss Worcester is one of them. Uh, Kenmore, that's another one. I mean, there's, I think. Isn't Ralph's like Lou Rock's like partially a diner car though? Isn't the back half of it a diner car? And they built onto it the rest yeah, of the restaurant? It could have been. I don't know. I'm, like, trying, to, I'm trying to remember. Like, I used to live I've, right down the road from, from, uh, Lou Rock's. Yeah, I've been that's there once. I'm partial to it. I've, I've been there once and it was good, but it wasn't anything like, it wasn't anything fucking absurd. Like, like, like Carl's is just absurd in size. Miss Worcester's got really, I mean, they, they're not, they make some pretty hefty frickin' um, waffles too. I mean, all right. So, like so tentatively, Miss Worcester or Carl's for breakfast, right? It's, yeah, it's sounding. I think it's sounding like Miss Worcester, isn't it? Okay. Now, <laughs> also, e- now equally important is post post tournament. Where are we eating? Um, so I got a call from Jim Not Dredge. Yeah. And it seems like 
Brazilian steakhouse. All right, I'm down. So we got to get, you know, I, I got to put that up in the Facebook group. He said he's got to get a hold of Ian, so I'm figuring if I put, put it on the Facebook group, flag Ian, Ian will flag Jim, or I can text yep. Jim too. Um, and we'll probably, you know, I'll go up there and do some anti-league up there too and just fucking Hell yeah. pick out on Brazilian sirloin with roasted fucking pineapple <laughs> and all the shit that they do. Um, oh, I'm into that. I'm definitely into that. What's yeah. the name of the place? Pompous. Do you remember? Pompous, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Pompous Steakhouse. It's... um. It's right on Shrewsbury Street. So mm-hmm. ah, Shrewsbury Street's a great place to get food in, in general. So Yeah, and if you ever get the chance, I mean, all these tournaments happen on the weekend, which is really too bad. But, like, even if you want to come up sometime, me and a wife, take you and a wife out, uh, yeah, we could bring the kids. <laughs> but there's, uh, there's, uh, if you can get a babysitter, if either yeah, one of your parents I'd, can I'd watch him for that. the night, yeah. see, see if you guys can get you know one of your parents to watch him for the night. We'll go up to um, uh, Paul Max Diner. Oh yeah, I've never been there. That's good. That, that's a place. That's a place that you can easily bring the wife and enjoy yeah. it. Nice. It's, it's 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 good Italian food. Yeah. Um, it's another one. It's it's like a diner that's been yep. extended on. It's good if it's it's good Italian food like an Italian grandmother's kitchen. Like nice. It's not like a crazy bill Italian restaurant. Sure. And it's a BYOB place. So like they don't have an al- a, a liquor license, but you can bring your own alcohol. Nice. So if you wanted to bring a bottle of wine, have fish, whatever the fuck you want to do, you could do that there. And um, the food is really good. The cost is really cheap. And the setting um, the setting is really nice, too. So nice. it's really it's a cool place where you could bring your wife um, and enjoy each other's company without being taxed so hard financially. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, Paul Max is a really good place for that. But the downside is that they're they're open, like, Wednesday, Thursday night, Friday night, and they're open for lunches. But tournament weekends, they're never mm-hmm. open. So, like, I'll, like uh, Paul Max... So, right. ideally, I guess for me, is like, what, either Carl's and Miss Worcester for breakfast, Paul Max for dinner. But the tournament never happens when Paul Max is open. So yeah. you're really kind of stuck with, okay, it's Brazilian Steakhouse. Yeah, I got you. you know, I got you. Uh, so, like, bring your wallet, because they, they can either charge you by the pound or they could do all you can eat. So you just do all you can eat. Nice. All right. And it's... Um, I'm into that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely down for some Steakhouse, so... All right, then. So you got to look at, like... So now this is where I end up, is do I even register for the SCG? I know. Well, I mean, I'm already registered. I'm going to play, but if I, like... You know, that's that's the reason why I was looking up, like, what it takes to get a day two. Because if I just, like, go, like, 3-3, three, three, I'll just drop and we can play anti-league. You know what I mean? I don't even, I'm not even worrying about day two. My thing is, like, all right, so, you know what, I, I go do breakfast at Miss Worcester. That's probably, like, 10 bucks, 30 bucks at the Brazilian Steakhouse, 45 to do anti-league, then another mm-hmm. 50 to register for the tournament. Yeah, like, yeah. I, uh, I got a car payment. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. For me, it's, like... You know, because I haven't gone out since since uh, Columbus, and for me this is like you know my one big weekend for uh, for the you know for the next few months at least until another future. big event. Comes <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, that's, so, that's you know, how I'm looking at it too. Is like there's no there's very there's very limited occasion where um, you know maybe Adam Wallace might be coming down. At, you know Chris Stetson's cool too. If any of these guys even wanted to go over and do anti league at the Brazilian Steakhouse, like the, the tables are a bit smaller. It's not like you can rack up a table at twelve. You know, I mean, yeah. I might be able to if I tried to call on a reservation. That might be interesting. Um, and I'm not even terribly sure how busy they'd be on a Saturday night. That's even another question. But um, you know how how many people we can rack in? Where else do? Um, 
there's a few other places to eat anyway, but Jim had mentioned Brazilian Steakhouse because he always hears about it. And yeah. I'm like, all right, then that's fucking what we'll look at. So if we can get, yeah, like, you know, me, you, Jerry, Jim, Kerman, Flip, fucking... Celso's yeah. there. Celso'll yeah. be down. Like, yeah, uh, maybe uh, maybe McCown wants to hang out. Yep, he wants to come down. So, man, it'd be great have a fucking big old crew at the eating dinner. It'd be be a good time, man. Yeah, and then just fucking swap seats at the table. Just keep doing anti league while we're pounding down steaks. <laughs> just get greasing up our cards real good. I'm I, not just, even I just want to see their faces sleeves. when like. You know, some of you fluffy guys go walking into an all-you-can-eat Brazilian steakhouse. I just want to see their reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I I tried that before. I tried to, like, eat them into a surprise, and I couldn't fucking do it. They weren't surprised. <laughs> I was. I, and I wasn't fucking walking too easily afterwards either, man. <laughs> and then I think now that that might even be why my doctor wants me to watch my cholesterol. Which is kind of weird, because, like, I'm supposed to watch my cholesterol, and then I'm looking at it going, nah, we'll just go to Carl's and have bacon and fucking ham, and then I'll just go to the Brazilian Steakhouse, and that I'll walk it off between rounds in a small fucking room. That ain't happening. So I don't know. Did I lose you? No, no, I'm here. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the Brazilian Steakhouse is not good for your cholesterol levels, that is for sure. Uh, potentially. I mean, the, the thing is, too, is because it's rotisserie, they drip most of the shit off. Yeah, but, like, when you're eating that much meat, it just, like, doesn't matter. You just play the numbers <laughs> game at that point. Like, <laughs> you can drip all the fat off you want. If you're eating three pounds of steak, it probably doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose that's potential. And, you know, like, the thing about rotisserie is that, really, like, what happens to the fat, I mean, some of it does drip off, but you're trying to get that stuff to keep traveling around that meat as much as you can. You try to keep it on the meat, you know? Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be a good time, man. For sure. Is, uh, is Jerry gonna hop on the call today or what? I don't know. He's, he's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you guys have been doing either, but I'm getting a lot of complaints here. Uh oh. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. You're like rolling die for fucking closing songs and shit. Hey man, we actually got a lot of requests to do that. People have been enjoying is that, it. Is that one person who was being sarcastic? No, I'm telling you, man. We've had more than one person ask about it when we were in Columbus. Was Jerry so we started one of them? Doing again. People, I mean, I said, I said to stop rolling the die, and then I was, I, I was surprised at how people actually enjoyed that part of the part of the show. So, I don't know, man. Well, how come? Well, you only go to a certain year, and then you work your way forward. Why? Uh, would you just go to '93? We started '93. Yeah, why? That's why? when magic. That's when magic came out. We actually, the last episode. I don't know if you listened to it, but we actually. She went backwards from 1993, so we got some eagles in, which is which is all right. But um, oh man, adds a little bit of variance to the game. So there's nothing wrong with a little variance, you know. So makes that's what makes magic so good. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's true. It's why magic's a better no. game. You know, there's variance mm, in the game. No, <laughs> variance is what allows a worse player to beat a better player. Occasionally, and that yeah. feels good for the better. That, really, that feels really good for the worst player, and it's encouraging for the worst player because if the better player. Let me player ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, do you have an iPod? I have an iPhone. Do you listen to music on it? Um, not much anymore. I used to listen to a ton of music on my iPhone, but okay. What did so you much. listen to when you did? Um, I usually had my I had my uh, the majority of my music collection on my iPod, and I would just on shuffle. Okay, so you would put it on shuffle? Yeah. Which, which is kind of like the random aspect, right? Like the rolling the dice? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, did you own all of the songs in the Billboard? No, no, no. All right, I, I, all right. so you never actually, you never actually random listened to some shitty song that you never wanted to hear in the first place. Well, <laughs> I say, um, yeah. It's, it's like, real. it's like I just randomly picked up Belcher one day. Thought it'd be cool. It's like listening to the radio, man. You know. Um. Yeah, and a lot of times you change the station because <laughs> the song sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think we have the ability to override. We haven't run into a real stinker yet, which is nice. If we oh, hit yeah. Mark, right oh we, no, you did. What was a bad song? A lot of them. A lot of them. Lot you know what, Adrian? Like, you know, words out of your mouth. I'm old. You know? I'm old. You gotta get with the times, man. It's all about what the kids want. Oh, you're only going to 93. Yeah. I'm not that old. I'm going 93 back and forth, man. 20 years plus and minus. I guess if Jerry wanted to get like a D30, if that exists, or a D40, we could do that too. Um... I don't know, man. I mean, personally, I I like picking the songs better than rolling the die, but uh, yeah, we had requests for it, man. We had requests for it. You got to do what the people want. Yeah, who who's requesting us? Oh man, well, we went out to Ohio. I'm telling you, there was like two or three people asked us who were hanging out with us, like, hey, what what happened to the uh the die rolling at the so, end of that? So so what do we just need to have like vocal? Uh, can you please stop doing that stuff? <laughs> like, we had three people request that we do that. That's great. That's like, well, fucking, well, let me, tell, let say, me tell you how many people don't. <laughs> well, I would say that it's usually the squeaky, squeaky, squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? No, the squeaky okay. wheel gets replaced. Ah, oh, that gets the grease, man. Lube it up uh, nice. No. Oh. That didn't happen. But yeah, anyway, I really, I really don't get it. <laughs> I really the die game either way. I don't feel strongly about it. I'm just telling you what uh, the logic was behind it. <laughs> yeah, I just got a, uh, I just got a little bit of ambition to kind of work on some projects coming up. So that's, that's always we'll a good thing, man. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Kind of keep my hands out of busy. You know, idle hands are Grizzle Brand's playmates. <laughs> and then you lose to oops all spells, and you say, "What the fuck am I doing with my life?" So now I'm like looking at now I'm looking at what I want to do out of my sideboard. Okay. All right, because. Uh, you know, I can force somebody to have fucking, um, I can force somebody to have to have, um, what? I can force somebody to have to have force of will, but then there's like other decks that give me a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not terrible. I mean, this deck is super fast. And I never really like siding out things anyway. Usually the first thing to get sided out is Cataxium Probe. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I need, or want another exhume. I want a third exhume for the sideboard. Because um, I think I'm going to start playing two main deck. I'm going to lose a Thought Seize because I have enough ways to discard Grizzlebrand. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really do a lot of hand disruption. I just I just force people to have Force of Will. If they don't have it, I go off. Um, but I think what I want to do to make it a little bit more consistent is run two exhumes in the main deck. I'm not a huge fan of Reanimate. It's good for the children of Corliss, but it costs too much life for Grizzlebrand. Mm-hmm. But I want to keep an exhum on the sideboard because being able to burning wish, crack LED, and get exhum has been extremely powerful. But I'm thinking about playing Leyline of the Void against Dredge. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about playing Leyline of the Void against Reanimator. So I've got four Leyline of the Voids uh, plus two Surgical Extractions, um, which is good for other graveyard-based decks, including. Oops, all spells. Yep. <laughs> not that, and, I, and I hate the fact that I'm fucking doing this because <laughs> I'm not even going to face that shit. Yeah. But the, the other thing with Surgical Extraction, um, you know, Gataxian Probe is good. Surgical Extraction, I like, 
I do this weird thing playing merfolk, and I know a lot of people don't do it. I just really enjoy it. I play surgical extraction out of the sideboard in merfolk. Mm-hmm. It, um, I like it against reanimated matchups, but I also like it when I can... Um, you know, if you're doing Grixis Delver and I wasteland your underground sea and surgical it out of the deck, uh, that's so brutal. fucking good. I love it's that shit. It's fucking brutal. brutal. I love that shit. You know, and I'll do, I'll do it to like, I do, I do that shit all the time when I'm playing Merfolk. And like, Sissio knows to expect that out of me. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just something that I do. It's not, and you know, his, he's made a valid case. He's like, dude, that's not even good. Like, <laughs> and I'm not arguing with him. He's right. I do a lot of not good stuff. Like, I, well, like, there's a, there's I feel a lot like of against... suboptimal plays I make, like, let's play Tinfins. So, <laughs> I think some players, though, you can really shake them up if you do something like that. If you cut someone... Oh, you can fuck them up. I yeah, mean, you yeah. Can, if like... you cut someone off a of black and Grixis Delver, and they're not an experienced player, and they don't think about, alright, well, how can we play around this? How can we make this deck still work? They can get real, you know... Get real shook up, and you can tilt them off with that. Some like with some sure. like that, you know. I mean, you're you're doing blue red delver. If I fucking surgical extract your volcanic island, how oh. are you feeling? Oh, real bad. I mean, this just that's just that's real bad for 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 uh, blue red. Yeah, I mean, just, you can still play around it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it's you can still against some decks. Yeah, like if if um, I mean, I'm running two scalding tarns now. But if I was running zero scalding tarns, I literally have no ways to cert to to get an island to get a um a mountain because all yeah. my fetches were blue fetches. So yeah, like, I just. I like playing surgical with wasteland. I guess yeah. that, that was, I mean that was kind of my point. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so I figure I'll pop it in the sideboard of burning fins. Um, only like it can be with this deck, it can be as almost as valuable as Gataxian probe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't replace itself, but but it makes my cabal therapy live. Yep. You know, so long as there's actually something to target in the graveyard. And if it's, if it's a deck that's basing out of the graveyard that I'm worried about, um, then, then I can be, I can be content. I don't, it's not ideally what I want in the sideboard, um, especially since I can't wish for it. But I just, uh, this sometimes, like, I end up playing against Reanimator. And, th- like, this is actually a cute one. If I'm not fast enough to combo out Reanimator, if they actually have the turn one Grizzlebrand on the field, mm-hmm. I can't fight through their Force of Wills. Right. Like, they they just have the card advantage and crack me for seven and get more. Like, the, the it just, it makes it really, really difficult. So I, I kind of think Leyland of the Void of the Void will make that better anyway. Um, surgical, might, it should just might be overkill. Like, I should really just go back to thinking. I, I wouldn't get too, I mean, personally, like, this is just coming from me. I wouldn't get too wrapped up in trying to outsmart oops all spells because you'll probably never see that. I mean, not probably it's, won't ever see that again, but no, it's such it's, like a fringe deck that it's probably not worth, I wouldn't say it's worth changing your deck around. You know what I mean? No. Like, if it was, if it was someone at your, like, let's say you went to TE every week and there was always someone playing oops all spells that was their pet deck. Then, then it would be smart to have some kind of tech in your deck, you know, in the in the seventy five against that deck. You know what I mean? Like it'd be worth having that. But if you're talking about like getting ready for the SCG or just playing side events there, like I wouldn't. And I'm sure yeah. you already know this, but for what it's worth, I wouldn't stress out too much about trying to warp your deck around oops all spells. Uh, that's not the that's not the case though, Pat. Um, here's here's the thing. Um, it's not about oops all spells. It's about the reality of playing a deck that doesn't play Force of Will. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I've, I've been through this with land tax. Because I don't play Force of Will, you can go crazy with Tess and just have like more fucking empty the Warrens tokens on me. And Tess is more common than Oops All Spells, and mm-hmm. it's not as common as Ant. Ant can still go off pretty fast. It can usually be faster than Ant. 
but there's, there's a, the point is that there's some combo decks I have a challenge against because I don't play Force of Will. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not just oops all spells. Now, in the past, when I've had challenges with combo decks and I was playing other colors, I would go with um, what did I do? At one point, I was playing a lot of Leyline of Sanctity before the price spiked on that because I was mm-hmm. doing a white deck that just or even um, what Blue Red Omni Show. Mm-hmm. I think I was playing that because there was so much him to Torak, and at the time there was a lot of hand disruption going on. That in order to protect my combo, I was I'd play Leyline of Sanctity, and it wasn't terribly uncommon for like Omni Show to be playing Leylines. Mm-hmm. So, the my reasoning in, in in this level of thinking is not because of oops all spells. It's because I play a deck that doesn't play Force of Will. So you're just trying to figure out how you're going to be a fast combo. Um, it's how I'm going to give myself a hedge against. Fast combo decks. Okay. And, you, and go ahead. Do you think that going this route though dilutes your deck in a way that makes it less good against other decks? Um. Well, no. Not only that's well, that's the inclusion of surgical extraction. That that's what has me saying yes. You know, okay. Leyline of the Void, no, because if I'm sideboarding against other decks, I'm taking out Cataxian probes because I already know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And usually by that point, there's only a few cards that I'm worried about. I name it, they either have it or they don't. You know, with Cabal Therapy, so I'm not really yep. worried about Cataxian probe. So four Cataxian probes come out, there's only four cards that come in. There's only, what, I'll play two Chain of Vapors, which are instant speed that I can't wish for. So they may came, they may come in depending. And then there's four Leyline of the Voids that I can bring in. Everything else um, is not relevant. Like, um, everything else is a wish target. I play four burning wishes. Like, Mm -hmm. my sideboard is a wish board. So my sideboard doesn't come in against matches. My sideboard is only there um, as basically an extension of the deck to make it a 75-card deck. Mm -hmm. So, like, the way the deck is, the way the deck functions, I have the ability to shorten up my wish board to create slots for certain matchups that I'm weak against. It's, it's really anything that's a combo that's going to try to do anything where I really should have had Force of Will. And it's not even just combo. Anything that's like turn one Delver. Like now I know that they got Daze, Stifle, all sorts of other shit i got to fuck around with. But if I can at least, you know, surgical extract the fetch land, I can see what's in their hand and know what I'm playing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which may or may not be relevant. But it's at least something that I can acknowledge. That's not... That's not the best use. Um, it's but surgical extraction give me information, but it can yeah. also sh- shore up some of the graveyard matches. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I just for me, like when I think about if I'm going to change my deck out of what is considered like the you know the, the ideal 75, like it's usually going to be for decks that I decks that I will see most often, which are like at this point miracles, Eldrazi, Grixis, and Shardless probably. In the top four? Yeah, but you're you're playing something that's like... I don't think that that's uh, a relevant comparison. Mm -hmm. Like, like, what are you playing, Eldrazi? Uh, Well, regardless of what I'm playing, like, if I'm Well, no, not regardless. I mean, you're playing a deck that's kind of a follow the pack. Right. Like, that's why you have a standard 75. Mm -hmm. Mm Tinfins doesn't have a standard 75. Neither does Burning Fins. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Like you, you get a little bit of anything you do. Like if I went, if I went online and like looked up like, like the the last like say like fifty deck lists, like don't you think you'd see like very similar sixties or at least like? You wouldn't even see tinfins. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, there's tinfins online, man. I can see I can see tinfins deck lists on on like MTG top eight. 
Sure, and everybody usually does something different. Like that's yeah. why there's there's certain lists that I like the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Logan Crean's list for Tin Fins the best, and I like uh, Ben Petrino's list for Burning Fins the best. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're different from each other, but they're different from other Tin Fins lists. Not <laughs> not everybody plays Limdul's Vault. Not everybody plays Silence. Some people are doing Monastery Mentor out of the sideboard, which I'm I don't know. That's up to them. I'm not a fan, but whatever. Yeah, yeah it seems like it's probably. Pretty powerful if you're running a lot of cantrips, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, well, no, it's only different because everybody starts bringing in their fucking graveyard hate, and then you hit mm-hmm. them with a three-three or with a three-drop. So, yeah, and like it just—it just changes the game plan. I wouldn't say it's powerful. It's powerful in miracles because they can cycle tops. They're getting a lot of mana up. Like they're actually playing a long game with lands. It's only—it's only good in ten fins because it catches their sideboard hate off guard because it's irrelevant. Do you think it's powerful in, in Miracles, though, because they can do the top trick? Like, I feel like that's, like, is an added bonus, but I feel like on its own, Monastery Mentor is a very strong card in Miracles just because of all the cantrips they run and all the disruption they have, like, you know, their their Force of Wills and their counter spells and stuff that are playing on your turn like that. The Force of Wills are fucking garbage. But what I'm like, saying the, is the, the synergy, Force of Will isn't going to add with, prowess. The synergy with Monastery Mentor is, like, makes that deck go wide. You know what I mean? So you think that's like when I think of the reason why Monastery not, Mentor is running miracles is not because of the top interaction. No, they're not casting Monastery Mentor turn three. Right? No, no, I, I I didn't say they are, but I'm saying like like I don't I don't feel like Monastery Mentor is powerful because of top. I feel like it's powerful like in addition to the fact that it interacts well with top. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think that that the top interaction is the reason to run Monastery Mentor per se. No, I think I think uh No, I think I think you're wrong. <laughs> that was That's okay. Funny. That's okay. No, like like th- this cards that just answer monastery mentor. Like there's no fucking doubt. Like um what? You could cast engineered plague and name monk. Yeah. No tokens are sticking around. Mhm. You know, th- then they just have a 1/1 one, one with prowess. Like th- that only attacks larger if they're cycling tops. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dread of Night being another one that takes out all the monk tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, all white creatures get minus one, minus one. Yeah. You could do the same, you know, like, Sorcery Speed, you can cast Massacre and wipe their board. Like, I mean, they, and sure, they can force a will it and make them two twos, but they're not attacking you, so that's not really relevant. And mm-hmm. they're not doing anything, they're not casting the Monastery Mentor turn three, it's like a late game closer. It's just a late game closer that cycles up big. It just right. makes it. It just makes it easier than like, you know, before it would be entreat the angels. Well, I'll pop engineered explosives for zero. Right. Well, that's not relevant anymore because the monastery mentor is still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all, all it really did is change what the answers to miracles were, into what the answer to miracles needs to be. Okay. But it, it's not um. As like on his own, it, like if prowess stuck around, sure. But like, well, prowess is only a, till yeah, that'd, be t- that'd be a broken, broken mechanic. That would. That'd but be prowess terrible. only sticks around to the end of turn, so you know it's it's fine. Like, yeah. the, and the, at the same time, it's another. That's another case where I really think um, I'd, I'd really want to start playing humility again. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like humility. I mean, it was always cute, even against miracles, where they entreat the angels and get a bunch of one ones. Like, yeah, so <laughs> you know, that's cute enough for. Um, I mean, humility, it's not good against all decks. But there's a lot of decks where it's surprisingly funny against. Like, if you actually resolve humility in the face of a sneak-and-show player, 
they're having a hard time because they're casting eights and fucking fifteen for a one. Yeah. Or like they're trying to sneak in a one one Emrakul. Yeah. Like, uh, you really needed a backup plan. Like, it's, it's just, and you can't red elemental blast it, and you can't blue elemental blast it. Not that anybody's using blue elemental blast, but you know, it's just um, humility's humility's really. Uh, it's a fun card to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and monastery mentor is just another example of a place where I think it's uh, it has some value, but okay. not everybody's uh, not everybody's in on it. And I get that; it's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, when I was seeing them this weekend for like twelve, thirteen bucks, I'm like, oh my god, the card was like twenty bucks probably a year ago. I should really just pick some up because humility's fun. God, even replenish is fun. I was doing, I was trying to do replenish for a little while uh, with omniscience. Replenish brings all enchantments from your graveyard back to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So it was another way to get omniscience into play without having to cast show and tell, or without having to use academy rector. Okay. Um, and you could actually, um, it wasn't, uh, it's kind of funny. Grafdigger's Cage stops Grizzlebrand from coming back from the graveyard, but it doesn't stop Omniscience. Yeah. So it had its own different, uh, interaction, but, uh, just different things I could think about sometimes. Things, I, things, little interactions I like to try to brew with on occasion. And then I look at, like, the rest of the 75 and go, this is a fucking no. <laughs> Not doing this. Give me Grizzlebrand back. Yeah. I was just watching something earlier, some DC coverage, uh, GPDC Legacy, and it was like, um, it was Marshall and somebody else, and they were doing coverage of a match, and it was ad nauseum tendrils, or actually it was Tess versus Tinfins. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it, and it was the most awkward coverage. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was, uh, it was painful to watch, and I don't know if it's just something about coverage. Do you watch coverage? Yeah, occasionally. Do you enjoy watching coverage? Um, it depends on who's doing the coverage. Highly dependent on who's doing the coverage. Do you like, watch I, the Do you watch the coverage for the coverage, or do you watch the coverage for the match? Well, I would say uh, I would counter that with: Do I watch a football game? To listen to Boomer Esiason talk, do I watch the football game to watch Tom Brady throw a ball? And the answer is I watched the game for the game. Who's Boomer um, Esiason? Boomer Esiason was uh, a... <laughs> Just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> do, do, I watch it, do I watch the game for, you know, John Madden? Do I watch it for Tony Kornhauser? Like, no, I don't watch, I don't watch the games to listen to those guys talk. I watch the games to watch the games. I want to watch the game. That's why I would prefer to go to a live game over watching something being broadcasted. But um, So that being said, the an- announcers' coverage can have either um, an amplifying effect on a game or a dampening effect on a game. Um, and SCG does a really great job of having an amplifying effect in the game, especially when it, it was Patrick Sullivan and Cedric Phillips. Those two guys were the two best, I think, hands down, um, doing coverage, um, understood the formats they were watching, uh, had a great rapport with each other, had a great back and forth. They each knew their role. They each, you know, you have one guy who's color, one guy who's play by play. They knew their role, they stuck to them. Um, whereas with most, you know, with Wizards coverage, generally speaking, I think as, as of late it's gotten a little bit better. Um, they will have people who have, uh, little, very little chemistry, people who, um, 
don't understand their role in the play-by-play color commentary scenario, which is like, that is ubiquitous when it comes to sports commentary. So the fact that, they, that someone can't get that down or they don't have those roles being defined or at least acknowledged is a travesty. Um, I also like will basically shut off coverage if Randy Bueller is, is, is covering it because I can't stand him. I think he has, I don't think he has any, um, uh, I don't think he belongs in the booth anymore. I don't, I, I don't particularly think, uh, like BDM is great at coverage. I don't like listening to him. Um, I think Marshall does fine with like standard and, and limited, but I don't like listening to him talk about legacy or modern for that matter. It was um, pretty awkward with him talking about legacy. It was, yeah. I mean, you could tell they weren't, they didn't have the familiarity with it. Right. Like they, they kept, it, it was weird. Like they were watching, um, Anyway, um, yeah, it was, that, it was, that, just, it was just really that, right? awkward. But like, you know who else? You know who else I used to really like? Like I do, I do like watching. Um, you know, when I do watch coverage, I enjoy it if it's Cedric. Yep. Um, and who was the other one that used to do coverage? Was it Rudy Bresco? Uh, mm, I don't know. That might that might predate my coming back to the game because that name does not sound familiar at all. Oh, there was a guy who did a lot, and he was actually really good. He was he was really good at coverage, and. Um, for some reason, they decided they didn't want him doing coverage anymore, and I think he still does. Like he puts out content of his own, I believe. And uh, but he was really good doing like deck techs and stuff with people. Yeah, I liked I liked watching him because there's certain, you know. Well, are you thinking of Ruben Bressler? That's it. Yeah, we actually Jerry and I had dinner with him at Columbus. Yeah, like yeah. he was he was really good. He was yeah, really he, good. At he it. actually did the coverage for um, Eternal Extravaganza Four, and is working for Eternal Extravaganza. Eternal Extravaganza 5. I watched some coverage that he did for 4 uh, when I could fit it in my weekend because I was working both days, but he did a great job, and I totally agree. He's someone who does a very good job. I think, like, in a format like Legacy, which doesn't change a ton, but the format is so deep and the decks, the deck diversity can be so wide, you need someone who's familiar with the format. And Well, there's familiar um, with the for- format, but he also had... Um, he had... He had personality. He had, yes. He had, he had, he had camera charisma. Yes. You know, that is something and, that Randy Bueller has zero of. I, and I, he, was, I he was also very humble. Yep. Yeah. You know, he, he was, was he was awesome to me. Like, it was, it was cool. You know, like, you see people who have, like, a persona um, that gets projected in, you know, what they choose to put out, and then getting to talk to him um, outside of that kind of situation. Uh, he's the, the same guy. You know, just a super smart, really nice, like... Funny guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I really enjoy his coverage. Um, yeah, there's just there's some people who I don't like. There's some people who I really enjoy. And then the, the majority of them are kind of in the middle. They can go either way. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, I watch, you know, I watch the game for the game. Um, now, of course, like, magic does not translate well into watching it on the screen, unfortunately. Especially live magic. It's kind of like uh, an eyesore to watch it. But, I don't um, know. If, I mean, if it's, if it's legacy, I enjoy watching it. Yeah, but it's, it's a little not... tricky if you can't see what's in the player's hand. But if you if you can actually recognize the artwork when they draw it, it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Like I, I mean I don't. That's not how I want to watch watch stuff. I don't want to be like glued to my screen. I want to be able to glance at the at the screen and be able to see what's on the board. I should be able to know what's in their hands at all times. I don't see any reason why we can't know that. But that is what it is. Well, you, as long as you recognize the cards. I mean, you just yeah. But there are times where like they draw it off the top and they flick their hand so fast you can't. You can't un- recognize the cards. Like I don't. There's no reason why they can't use a pocket cam like they do in poker. 
It's insane to me that that's not employed it's still, already. It's still, it's still flick fast. I mean, you may it would flick able, fast, but like at some point, re- a lot of times you got to recognize the artwork. Like, that was the thing early. I was watching this coverage, and you know, the kid draws a card, and I don't know, he's looking for a reanimation spell, and they're saying he drew something. I'm like, no, it's actually, it's just a three moon ponder. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I could, I could, I could see it, and like, it maybe. That's the problem, though, right? Like, you shouldn't have to have eagle eye and fucking spot art to know what someone just drew. They should have a pocket cam. There should they should be You're required still have to spot the art with a pocket no. cam. What are you gonna like right. pocket cam and suddenly you can read? If you let me fucking finish, they should require <laughs> them to hold their hand upright in front of the camera for at least like you know for for the majority of the time they have their hand in their hand. There's no reason why they can't be holding it at a 45 degree angle to the table with the, you know spread out. There's no reason why they can't enforce that rule. Like they already tell players to play their lands behind their spells behind their creatures. That's already considered the, pr- the proper way to set up your board when you're in a coverage match. They should also tell them, hey, be cognizant of there being a pocket cam in your crotch and fucking show your cards there. Like, I shouldn't ha- have to... I-, I should be able to... In order to, for me to enjoy watching a game, I shouldn't have to have my eye on it 100% of the time. And if they want to make it enjoyable for players to watch, they need to have things like pocket cams. They need to have things like... Uh, even if it's a pocket cam where someone is watching it in, like, in the coverage booth and then putting a digital representation of that card or even a list of those cards on the screen, that'd be fine too. You know what I mean? Like, There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that technology exists. I could do that myself if I wanted to. Um, so there's no reason why they can't do it from a coverage standpoint, but... Well, then, uh-huh. from now on, I want to see you hold your hand at a 45 degree on top of the table so that you can be the change you want to see in the world. I usually do. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I usually do. Um, I am not a card flicker. I find that to be obnoxious and find something better to do with your hands. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like, I, I just, I see no reason, I see no need I, I, I see no reason for them not to be able to, to do something like that. If they want to make that change, they can make that change. You know, the same way that people have almost ubiquitously switched over to playing with sleeves. Though, you know, like it's it's just not. Uh, it shouldn't be a thing. It should be like an automatic. The fact that there aren't pocket cams is a fucking travesty in the coverage world of Magic. It's insane to me that that, that doesn't exist. But hmm. that's just me. I feel very strongly about that. If, if, if they really want to improve coverage, if they really want to improve coverage, they need to fucking think like ESPN would. They need to think like fucking World Series of Poker, man. Every single person has a pocket cam that they purposely hold their cards up to. You know what I mean? That's part of the. That's part yeah, of. Yeah, but that's different. That game is not interacting no. with the cards. It, it's not. It's not. That's true. But you can still get that same effect very brief for a brief moment and have a lasting impact on the visual aspect of the game. They don't need to hold their hand like that permanently, but they can show their hand to a camera and then do whatever they want with it, and then every time they draw a new card, refresh what their what their hand is for the camera. I'd say you don't put it on the player. The player's got to focus on the game. I disagree. You put it on the if, coverage. The coverage is designed to cover the game. That's what they're trying to do, though. They, they have people with iPads behind so, players so trying to spot cards. It's fucking ins- it's insane. It's so insane. What you, to have as, what you do as coverage is you display seven cards next to each player's head. Right. Yeah. And yep. you display what's in their hand. Yep. And then when they draw a card, you can see it, and you uh, you add it to the that's, screen. That's exactly what I said. A, a, di- well, a visual representation. They don't have to. Yeah. They don't have to display it. Coverage can recommend. Coverage can recognize a fucking three moon ponder. But they can't always. So that's the thing. They they literally well, yeah, have, you have guys who don't know what a fucking three moon ponder looks like. Yeah, Abs- they can't. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so and you, have have, you have to have competent guys doing coverage. 
Yes, but also sometimes a player will pull it off the top of the deck, slide it across the table, and flip it up into their hand. Good luck seeing what that art is. My point is that this can all be solved easily by a pocket cam. There's no need for someone to be standing behind a player with an iPad trying to eagle-eye spot fucking artwork. It's insane to me. That's insane. It should, have not, should not be necessary when we have the technology to make it easy. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be like, oh, we have to make sure that someone has a working knowledge of all the art and legacy and like make sure that if they have any altered cards, we know what that artwork is too. Like, it's fucking stupid. Put a pocket cam there. Make the player adjust. It's not a big deal. If you did it once, if you did it like for a season of Magic, it would become something that just everyone does. It would be a non-issue, you know? Hmm. It's crazy. Fucking crazy, man. How would you suggest adhering to the rule? Adhering? What do you mean adhering to the rule? Oh, let's say let's say well, it's required. Let's say it's required that you do that in top eight, right? Yep. All right. Yep. Let's say somebody doesn't. What do they have a penalty? Game loss? No, 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 nothing that serious. But it's very easy for for you know because coverage is there, they can they can talk down to someone who's on the sidelines there with a headset, which there are already people there doing that anyway. Uh, there's usually a judge sitting directly next to the player with a headset on, especially at SCG coverages. There's a judge there who's so, there just fucking handing out tokens, and they can lean over the player and say, hey, make sure you're revealing your cards to the camera. It's that easy. If you're telling me that a Magic player can't fucking, can't process that in the middle of the game, like, they probably shouldn't be playing Magic. They should probably go see someone for help. Because <laughs> if, if you think that that's going to have that big of a distraction on the game... You're crazy. Because in the, NF- in the NFL, they have players who have to deal with TV timeouts every fucking ten minutes. They have to deal with cameras in their face all the time, and they're not phased by it. So I think Magic players can handle fucking holding their cards up on the desk like a human being. It's not <laughs> like a fucking a human deal. Being. It's not a big deal. Like, it's, it's, in liter- it's insane to me that, they, that, it's, that this is even a conversation. That it's even a point of contention. It should be an automatic, but, you know. Logic. Fucking... It's hard enough to get that through people's heads. <laughs> fucking kids. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking kids. Fucking kids. Yeah. <sighs> All right, man. Uh, you want to do some scoops? Because I gotta, I gotta hop out of here. I gotta work in the morning. Yeah, I gotta work in the morning too. Nice. What do you got? Uh, all right. Well, heading into scoops. I'm gonna scoop in. Uh, first and foremost, I'm gonna scoop in Mr. Josh Cicio. I know I scooped him in last week, but I really, I listened to that episode this morning. And, uh, man, he's just awesome to have on the cast, man. What an, what an awesome guy. Yes. Uh, um, really appreciated having him on. And, uh, I'm gonna scoop in you, you and Adrian, cause it's always good to have a, a talk with you. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna dream crush Jerry for not showing up. Okay. He's got no excuses. Alright. <laughs> that's it for me, man. Alright. Well, that's, uh, that's Monday, everybody. <laughs> 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 uh, let's see. I'm gonna scoop in Jim Nodredge anyway. Alright. J- Jim Nodredge and Flip and Ian and fucking Kerman and Kyle and, uh. Celso? And Celso. Yeah. And I'm excited to see all those guys, man. Yeah, me too. It's too bad that, like, this is gonna come out after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I actually haven't met Jim, so I'll be excited to meet him. Oh, you haven't met Jim Nodredge? No, nope. Oh man, he's fucking awesome. Awesome. He- he's a wicked cool guy. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of really fucking cool people, and uh, hoping to help hang out with a great number of them and do some anti league. Hell yeah, so, man! Uh, hopefully by next week. And I know I don't know Jerry's fucking guy. He was big on like drawing on lost cards, but I uh, 
I'm not writing on anybody's cards. I don't want anybody writing on the cards unless it's specifically asked. Oh, really? I think it'd yeah. be fun. Uh, no, no interest. Really? No, yeah, no interest. Oh. If somebody if somebody says you know you want to fucking write something on it, sure. But like, we're doing fucking anti league, and at yep. the end, you may actually want to use some of these cards. And I'm really not interested in having something fucking stupid drawn on an actual brainstorm <laughs> I could have been playing with just because somebody thinks they're fucking cute. Yeah. All right. I yeah. I I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the cards I, I'm not, I'm, like when I'm done with my deck, I'm probably just gonna throw it in the trash. But no, there's brains, there's brainstorms and shit. There's fucking invigorates. There's things you might want to play with. Yeah. yeah. Of course you have brainstorms. The thing is, I'm not throwing something away because somebody wanted to be a fucking idiot and draw something on it. Yeah. Drawing yeah. a bunch of dicks on it. That's what you're yeah. thinking about, right? Someone's I don't care if it's a fucking signature. I don't need a Jerry autographed fucking brainstorm. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I mean, like, 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 yeah, I mean, you, if you want to write your name on it because you think you're that important, then what the fuck am I? No, doing it's 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 like if you flip through your binder and you see it one day, you're like, oh man, I remember playing anti league when I fucking crushed Jerry, and he had to sign over his. Uh, I don't and know. he couldn't just write good game. No, I mean, like, yeah, that, it could be that too. You know, I don't know. I'd probably <laughs> sign the cards they they lose to me, and vice versa. But if they didn't want me to, I would be fine with that too. I wouldn't hold it against them. It's like play, it's like playing Ripper or Flip It. You love playing Ripper or Flip It. No, I like, don't. Yeah, you do. You're always telling us to play it with the fucking revised facts. <laughs> I don't play Ripper or Flip It. You told us to play it. Yeah. <laughs> so? so it's okay you, if it happens to someone else's card, just not yours. Have, you haven't had the experience yet, buddy? Of you, what? You, telling your kids to lick the light socket, and then when they get shocked, go, oh, yeah, see, I bet you won't do that again. I tell my wife that all the time. If the kids oh, you tell you stupid, tell it, you tell oh, I thought you, you no tell no your I wife tell her all the, the time. Socket. This is what I tell her. This, and she fucking hates it, but I say it all the time. If the kids are doing something stupid and I tell them not to, and they keep doing, it, I'm like, you know what? And my wife gets upset. I'm like, you know what, hun? They're only gonna do it once. They're only gonna do it once, and they're gonna get hurt, and that's it. I say it all the time. You can fucking quote me on that. You can ask my wife. That's the fucking truth. I tell her all the time. They're only gonna do it once. My kid's dancing on top of the couch. Hey, hey, Liam, get down off the couch. He keeps dancing. You know what? He's only gonna do it once. <laughs> and then he's gonna say, "I should have listened to Dad." That's right. And he won't do it again. And I don't have to waste my breath telling him to get down three hundred times. Yeah. But uh. So what has, does a light socket taste like? I mean, like copper. <laughs> <laughs> So I was doing some work in the fucking place next door, right? And I had no idea. My buddy, my my buddy called me up about I don't know a month month goes by, a month and a half goes by. He goes, "Yeah, Lena called me up. She was worried you were gonna hurt yourself. You're in you're in the fucking thing, fucking around with the electric panel. I'm like, what are you talking about?" And he's like, and he starts telling me, and I'm like, "Oh shit, I remember when you called me up." Because he called me up, he's like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "Oh good, just rewiring some shit." Yeah. He's like, "Well, you want to be careful in the electric panel, because you know that's kind of dangerous." I'm like, "Yeah, I got the main off. I'm not." Yeah. Oh, he's like, "Oh, okay, then you're fine." Yeah, and, yeah. And like, but a month and a half goes by, he goes, "Yeah, she called me up. She was afraid you were gonna kill yourself. You're in the fucking electric panel." Well, like, if, you, oh. if you have like, like solar amp service coming in your house, you don't want to get whacked by one of those. You shut the main off. I mean, no, I know. No, no, you're right. You're That's exactly what it's like. Exactly. Like, yeah. But he's he's picturing me licking the fucking incoming <laughs> wires, standing in a bucket of water, and I'm like, no, dude, I got the main off. <laughs> oh man. I'm like, yeah. No. Thanks. Thanks for having confidence in me, buddy. Uh-huh. But yeah, and whenever I end up doing something, I get I get licensed inspector and take a look at it anyway. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's just it's just part of. Uh, how to be incompetent. Uh, Frosty teeth dot in your eyes, man. 
Yeah, otherwise I get nervous leaving the house. I'm like, no, I realize that all he did was put in a light fixture, but I still want somebody, you know, I, I get, well, this electrician that I, that I, uh, a lot of times I'll deal with them, like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you to just come make sure I put on the fucking wire nuts tight yeah. enough. Like, just, and, uh, I just feel better about it. Yeah, man. Alright, well, Adrian, if someone wants to hit you up before, uh, the open, find out where we're having breakfast. Where can then they find they're too late because they're not gonna get this until <laughs> after the open. Well, if someone wants to find out where you went for breakfast. <laughs> oh, well then you, oh, you should have seen the pictures on Twitter, at Mathematrixta. <laughs> Oh, uh, what did you, and if the, if somebody wanted to figure out what you had for breakfast, find me at Pat Uglo. You can look us up on Facebook, Leaving Legacy. You can find us on iTunes, Leaving Legacy. You can find and us if, on YouTube, Leaving Legacy. And if somebody wants to find out what Jerry had for breakfast, uh, they should oh. just probably find something else to do. Yeah, yeah he said he's not going to come to breakfast because he's a lazy bastard coming out of Austin. So that's fine. Um, if you oh, want, that's too bad uh, he could have stayed closer than that. <laughs> I was telling Ian, I'm like, dude, if you want to come down from Watertown, just fucking let me know. Yeah, man. Uh, if you want to email the show, livinglegacymtg at gmail.com. If you want to mail commons and uncommons, we're still doing our drive uh, with uh, 25% going to MTG Cast and 75% going to the Wounded Warrior Project. Adrian, what's that What's that address, man? Uh, P.O. Box 331, Southbridge, Massachusetts, 01550. Awesome. Uh and I think that's it, man. That's our, our contact info. Find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a Leaving Legacy clan on MTGO you can join. Uh, the only requirement is that you're not a jerk to other people. Uh, no, no, that's not that's not it. You had some fucking die roll thing, didn't you? I mean, oh, we we could, could, good. We're cutting that out. We're just going straight. I mean, if Jerry's not here to enforce it, like I'm fine with us picking a song, man. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Good. What's what's so we got a tournament coming up? What's some good fucking? Info mm, we could do like Eye of the Tiger. Oh, oh, that's pretty fucking good. No, Eye of the Tiger's pretty good right there. Like that? Alright. Yeah. Eye of the Tiger. We'll do Eye of the Tiger. 